Russia's Nord Stream pipelines have been sabotaged, and we'll discuss which country would stand to gain from such a move. Biden snubs reaching out to Ron DeSantis as he chooses petty politics over the lives of the Floridians who are preparing to face off against Hurricane Ian. And we are 41 days out from the 2022 midterms. We'll discuss why they genuinely mean life or death for our freedoms here in the United States. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for this episode. Now, you guys haven't heard from me for a week because I took a well-needed break. So thank you for being patient with me. And this episode, of course, is going to be a little bit of a recap of everything that we missed last week, how it ties to the 2022 midterm elections, and of course, this recent attack on the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines in the Russian-European area, the Baltic Sea. We'll talk about how that ties to us. It's going to be a very jam-packed show about the future for Americans, the future for the world, essentially. Now, before we get into that, please remember that if you guys would like to support my work, and more importantly, too, uh, because I was on a flight. I flew to Phoenix yesterday, I just flew back, and I jumped on the show for you guys. But while I was on my flight, I was researching everything that was going on with the sabotage of these pipelines. I went ahead and I put all of the links to my research on my Subscribestar. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up for you guys here. Give me one moment. Yes, if you would like to support my work, please remember you can go to Subscribestar. You guys will have access to direct messages with me. You'll get access to the outline for the entire uh, show, all the videos, all the articles. And I also have a free post here with all of my research regarding the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipeline attacks. We're going to be discussing which country I think is involved with this and what they would benefit to gain. So uh, go check out my subscribe star. Also, please do remember that we are sponsored by Old Country Soap. This is an absolutely incredible product that is American made that I use for myself and I absolutely love. They come in a sisal soap fiber bag. You get about uh, eight bars of soap per box. I have a box right here with me as well. You can get the wildflower scent. You can get the um, lavender scent. You can get the tallow scent for maybe the men who don't want to smell like a wildflower. It comes in a sisal fiber soap bag for great exfoliation. And uh, it's one of my favorite products that I use for myself every single day. Remember that you can use coupon code SAV for 20% uh, off of your order. So go and check that out. Again, this is a product that I use for myself. More importantly, this is an American business, okay? These soaps are made on a small farm in South Dakota and they're made the Amish way. So all natural ingredients, no harsh chemicals, incredible for the skin. On top of that, you're exfoliating. I always tell you guys, you need to make sure that not only are you mentally sharp, but you need to make sure we're taking care of our bodies physically as well and we're staying on top of that. So go to oldcountrysoap.com, old spelled O-L-D-E, soap. CountrySoap.com. Use coupon code SAB for 20% off your order. Now let's go ahead and get into the sabotage that has been suspected as Russian gas leaks from ruptured Nord Stream pipelines in the Baltic Sea. This is per Forbes. Now, I'm not a geopolitical expert, so I have basically been doing, and this is going to be a play-by-play -play of what I've seen come out of this situation thus far, right? It was first... Uh, initially reported that this was most likely a sabotage. This is most likely an attack on the pipeline. And many people are asking, okay, which country is suspect number one? And the two countries that I feel like could potentially be the culprits of this are either Poland or unfortunately, the United States. 
Now, former Polish defense minister is saying that the United States blew up the Russian gas pipeline, Nord Stream 1 and 2. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are trying to say that it was Russia who did this. But let's just use common sense and logic here and ask the question, why would Russia blow up their own pipeline, right? Why would Russia blow up their own leverage that they could use against Europe, if you will, right? Because they were supplying oil to Europe. They know that Europe is hurting for oil right now, especially as winter is approaching. Why would Russia attack their own infrastructure? It doesn't make any sense. So, you know, we have a couple of articles here and many people are speculating and pointing to the United States at being culprit number one for the sabotage on these pipelines. Oftentimes, political commentators will say, follow the money. And, you know, we do see articles like this one from Market Insider that says, energy traders are making a killing exporting U.S. natural gas to Europe as prices soar, with some single shipments bringing in $200 million. So, Many people speculating that the United States basically wants to prolong this proxy war between Russia and not even Ukraine, but Europe as a whole at this point. So they're the ones that destroyed the pipelines because not only are they profiting off of the energy trade that they are now able to capitalize on now that Russia is not going to be able to supply oil via, you know, their Nord Stream pipelines. Uh, But on top of that, we all know that war is a, a money making machine. Okay, Uh, we all know that. So, of course, the United States has lied us into wars previously. Uh, Cernovich had posted this earlier, and I thought it was quite interesting as well. He said Boris Johnson told Zelensky in early spring to stop any talks of peace. Nord Stream 2 explodes after the Biden regime said they'd end it. There's a plan. You might not be privy to it and your life is going to suffer because of it. None of this is accidental. And I've just been kind of watching, right, about what the Biden administration has been saying about Nord Stream 2, about if Russia, you know, if they go and invade Ukraine then the United States will make sure to put a stop to Nord Stream 2. Reporters asking, how is the United States going to do that if Germany is the one responsible for that project? Joe Biden responding with, it would get shut down, don't worry. Jack Posobiec also tweeting out, or actually not Jack Posobiec, my apologies, this comes from Radio Genova, who said that thousands of people, and this was just yesterday in Germany, were protesting against Olaf Scholz's policy And the explosion of energy and gas prices, they demand an end to sanctions on Russia and the reopening of the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline. Demonstrations also in other German cities, but EU media censors them. So again, when it comes to talking about international politics and uh, what is going on with this situation specifically, it all seems like hearsay to me. And I never know genuinely what to think when we hear about these situations happening in foreign countries, because we've even seen from our own media, they will rewrite the narrative around an entire situation that we have seen with our own two eyes, aka the BLM riots of 2020, that were mostly peaceful. We all watched Black Lives Matter and Antifa domestic terrorists burn down this country, terrorize private American citizens, and act like domestic terrorists for months on end, And the media rewrote that entire narrative. So if we can't even trust our own media here at home, how can we trust a media from a foreign country when not only is this media having to be translated, but then it's also going through the perspective of our own corrupt media. So we can never truly understand what's actually going on. Uh, But regarding the Nord Stream 2, it seems like the United States would have the most to gain 
from Russia not being able to use their pipelines and gas right as leverage to potentially have peace talks with European countries. That's a, a big point that I saw brought up. And again, you guys can go to my subscribe store to kind of look at how I got to these conclusions. I watched the videos. I read several art articles about this. And uh, many people are saying, why would Russia, one, destroy their own infrastructure, two, the pipeline between Russia and Europe, right, would have been a good point for them to kind of maybe garner peace talks, maybe find common ground there, stop the war. The United States would stand most to gain, which is very unfortunate, um, from that pipeline being destroyed, not only because we could then sell oil, which the United States is clearly making million dollars uh, doing, selling oil to Europe. But on top of that, we've already seen the money that has been pumped into the proxy war between Russia and Ukraine. This came out yesterday. U.S. Congress reached a preliminary agreement to provide about $12 billion in new assistance to Ukraine. So how many billions have we sent over there? And also, let's not forget the ties that Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, if anybody forgot, has to Ukraine. So there's so much corruption going on in this front. And I like to focus in here at home, right? But this is an issue that I do feel the United States is directly related to. Poland apparently opened up their own new pipeline. That's why people are speculating that they could also have something to do with this. But it seems that the United States would have the most to gain. We've seen the corruption of our own government. We've seen how they've lied us into previous wars historically. And again, we have seen the rhetoric around Joe Biden stopping Nord Stream 2 if Russia went and invaded Ukraine. I was also reading another article, and I'll post this on my subscribe star as well, about how U.S. Navy was uh, conducting a series of tests just in case there were underwater explosions in the exact area where there were underwater explosions of Nord Stream 2. But that might just be coincidental. I'll post the article up and you guys can speculate for yourselves. Again, I'm no geopolitical expert. I am just giving you guys a play-by-play -play of what I am seeing and what is being alleged. So we will need to keep our eye on this because this is going to be a very serious international situation that the U.S. could potentially become a part of. We're already a part of it because we are funding the war in Ukraine. Remember how CBS News put out that documentary basically saying how the arms that were being sent to Ukraine from the United States, they were ending up on the black market? How the money that is being sent to Ukraine, we're being told where that money is going via handwritten receipts? A lot of corruption going on, and now this happens. Never stop questioning our own corrupt government. Mike Cernovich earlier brought up another good point, too. He basically just said, remember the Gulf of Tonkin? I did a video on this previously about how the United States essentially lied us into the, the Vietnam War. They've done it before. I'm sure that they would do it again. And I can give you guys multiple examples, but I don't want to harp on this for too long because I do think that the 2022 midterms should be at the forefront of this show. And I do want to delve into that. But this is a pretty big issue that we should all keep our eye on because many people are saying, OK, this could actually lead us into World War Three, which is funny because I thought it was Donald Trump who was supposed to lead us into World War Three. I thought it was Donald Trump who was public enemy number one, who was so incompetent and so looked down upon by international leaders that they thought they could walk all over America and he was going to get us into World War Three with his mean tweets. 
Look at where we're currently at right now. Look at the war that we're funding between Russia and Ukraine. And look at who Russia is now strategically partnering with, Saudi Arabia and China. Look at the state of the United States right now and look at the state, honestly, of everything internationally. The United States is not in a strong position economically, militarily, with our border, with our security. We are not in a good position right now. I can't say what position Russia is in because I don't live in Russia. I'm not in the gr- on the ground over there. But based on what I'm seeing here at home, we are not in a good spot. So we'll, we'll end it there. Please do let me know down below what your guys' thoughts are on this. I'll most likely do a poll on my YouTube channel. Ask you guys what you think about it. I would love your thoughts. Because again, I'm learning. I'm still growing and trying to understand all of this. I'm still very young. I still have a lot to to learn and know. So please do help me understand this. But from everything that I could deduce from the situation, it looks like the United States would have the most to gain. And if you look at the history of corruption, we've seen this previously. Now, let's go ahead and we're still going to focus in on foreign politics, but we're going to bring it back home here in a minute. So on... What day is it? I I believe it was on Sunday. Sorry, I'm getting my days all mixed up. I've been traveling and traveling, my friends. So I've been all over the place. But yesterday, it was really on Sunday, but yesterday it it broke that uh, conservative populist Georgia Maloney was set to be Italy's first female prime minister. And what did our media immediately do? Did they celebrate? Because remember that it's feminists who run the United States and, you know, oh, we have to have women's rights. We have to have women at the forefront. We have to have women leaders. Was it our leftist liberal media in the United States that was celebrating Italy's first female prime minister? No. From CBS Evening News, voters in Italy appear poised to elect a far-right prime minister tomorrow, Giorgia Maloney. The woman expected to win leads a neo-fascist movement reminiscent of none other than Mussolini's own political party. So, of course, because this woman is not a communist a socialist, because this woman actually cares about her country and she's a nationalist and she wants Italy to work for Italians, she's public enemy number one. Now, I'm going to play you a video here of one of her speeches that went viral. I'm looking at it now. It has 20 million views just on this account. 20 million views. 20 million people so excited, so hungry, so desperate for a leader that is strong and willing to stand up for their own nation, that this video has 20 million views over the course of the past two days. I'm going to play the video for you. It's in Italian, so I will read over it for my podcast listeners. And it will be interesting to see where this prime minister goes, uh, because I have heard from a couple of sources that she could potentially be the Boris Johnson of Italy. Remember, Boris Johnson started off very right-wing, very what we thought was going to be nationalist. We were excited for him to get into leadership in the UK. We thought he was going to enact positive change. He ended up being horrible, and now he's out. I've heard some rumors that this this woman may be similar, but only time will tell. But this is the messaging that has 
enraged our own liberal media to attack her as a fascist. And again, any single time our media here in the United States attacks somebody as a fascist, as a Nazi, as a white supremacist, they've done it to me multiple times. It's because that person is telling you the truth. It's because that person is actually standing up for something positive. It's because, again, in the United States, Democrats are the party of death and destruction. We'll get into the 2022 midterms here. I'm sorry, I haven't talked to you guys in a week, so I have a lot to say. But Democrats are the party of death, destruction, and darkness, and that's why they have to smear and attack anybody who who tries to bring light and life into society. So let's listen to Italy's new prime minister, Giorgia Maloney. This is a two-minute speech of hers, 20 million views, because, again, she she's a populist, right? The the um, Not the American people, but the Italian people. She speaks for them. And that's why, too, the, the populist movement here in America w- was so popular as well. I should have a better word for that, but but it really was, right? Why was it that Donald Trump, who was a populist candidate, why is it that he he was so beloved by the American people? Because the whole comp, the concept of, you know, being a populist is speaking for the common man. And and that's what Italy's new prime minister is. So let's go ahead and listen to this video and see the direction of Italy and the direction that the world is going in, right? Because I think people learned their lesson with the COVID lockdowns, with the forced vaccinations that are now giving people myocarditis. I saw the first ad geared towards myocarditis for children. Do not forget that not just in America, but worldwide, tyrannical leaders locked people down, destroyed their lives, had the police come in and arrest them for not wearing face masks. Never forget what these leaders did to us. And that is why it is leaders like this that are so popular with the people, not only here at home, but worldwide. This is about what we are doing here today. Why is the family an enemy? Why is the family so frightening? There is a single answer to all of these questions. Because it defines us. Because it is our identity. Because everything that defines us is now an enemy. For those who would like us to no longer have an identity and to simply be perfect consumer slaves. And so they attack national identity, they attack religious identity, they attack gender identity, they attack family identity. I can't define myself as Italian, Christian, woman, mother. No. I must be citizen X, gender X, parent one, parent two. I must be a number. Because when I am only a number, when I no longer have an identity or roots, then I will be the perfect slave at the mercy of financial speculators. The perfect consumer. That's the reason why. That's why we inspire so much fear. That's why this event inspires so much fear. Because we do not want to be numbers. We will defend the value of the human being. 
every single human being, because each of us has a unique genetic code that is unrepeatable. And like it or not, that is sacred. We will defend it, and we will defend God, country, and family. Those things that disgust people so much, we will do it to defend our freedom. Because we will never be slaves and simple consumers at the mercy of financial speculators. That is our mission. That is why I came here today. Chesterton wrote more than a century ago. Let's see if I can find it. Fires will be kindled to testify that two and two make four. Swords will be drawn to prove that leaves are green in summer. The time has arrived. We are ready. Thank you. To which she leaves to immense cheers and a standing ovation. 20 million views over the course of two days. And why is that? Because this is what people, not only here in America, but worldwide, not only want to hear, but want to live by, want to abide by. They want an America that cares about Americans. They want an Italy that cares about Italians. They want their countries to care about their citizens. Gone are the days of open borders. Gone are the days of being subservient to leftist liberal insanity. People are tired. People are waking up and they want their countries back. They want their freedoms back. They want their rights back. And they no longer want to be the perfect subservient consumer slave. And that is why, too, ahead of the 2022 midterm elections, again, we're 41 days out now. These elections mean life or death for our freedoms here in the United States. Mike Cernovich said it beautifully. Of course, credit where credit is due here. He says, I don't know what to say. This 2022 midterm is life or death. You either understand the stakes or you don't. If GOP doesn't take sole majority, criminal gangs will run the country as the FBI murders and falsely imprisons conservatives. And what is he talking about here? The FBI murdering and falsely imprisoning conservatives. That's not happening. The FBI is murdering and imprisoning domestic terrorists. Oh, <laughs> that's right. The left rephrased and manipulated our language to where conservative or anybody who just cares about their country, cares about America, wants to wave the flag, understands our fundamental God-given rights and freedoms, they're now a domestic terrorist. Now, MSN put this article out. Voters divide, divided amid intense fight for control of Congress, poll finds. And I want you guys to listen. This is my, the first paragraph is my favorite. It's the only part we're going to read here. Because I want you to understand the stark difference between the right and the left. Heading into the final weeks of the midterm election campaign, Americans are split nationally in their vote for Congress. With, Republic, with Republicans holding sizable advantages on the economy, inflation, and crime. Okay, so that's what Republicans are focused in on. Economy inflation, and crime, all issues that directly affect every single American, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whether you're gay, whether you're straight, whether you're uh, a fake gender, or whether you're a two-spirit fish gender, the economy, inflation, and crime affect you. Now, let's see what Democrats are focused in on. Democrats are far more trusted to handle the issues of abortion and climate change. So that's the difference, okay? 
between where our country could go. Do you want people in power who care about the issues that genuinely affect every single American every single day, economy, inflation, and crime, or do you want the people in power who care about made-up fake issues like murdering innocent children in the womb, which is not healthcare, by the way, and climate change, which has since replaced COVID-19? Climate change, which is now at the forefront because the COVID-19 fear-mongering is no longer as effective now that the midterms are rolling around. Remember how hard-lined the Democrats were about COVID protocols, about lockdowns, about face masks, about mail-in voting because of COVID restrictions? Yeah, they rarely let up on all that, didn't they? Joe Biden accidentally said that uh, the pandemic was over the other day and his entire administration had to run damage control hard because they can't admit that COVID is not deadly anymore. They can't admit that there's no pandemic anymore because if they do that, they admit that they've been lying to us for years, which they have, and they give up more power to the very small percentage, but very loud minority who still thinks that the pandemic is an issue. Even Jen Psaki understands what's at stake here. From the post-millennial, Jen Psaki says Democrats will lose if the midterms are a referendum on the president. Yeah, if Democrats focus in on Joe Biden, they're going to lose the midterms. They're going to lose every single election because Joe Biden is so wildly unpopular because he's not an organic grassroots president. He was installed. We all know that. She's quoted saying, if it is a referendum on the president, they will lose. And they know that, Saki said. They also know that crime is a huge vulnerability for Democrats. I would say one of the biggest vulnerabilities. So Miss Circleback herself even admits that, yeah, crime is kind of rampant and it's kind of bad. But even she can't give the Democrats a proper platform to run on. Because then Democrats would actually have to run on rule of law and us being a proper country, which they could never do. She said later in the segment that she thought Democrats would win if they maybe made the midterms a referendum on the GOP's extreme side and highlighted Marjorie Taylor Greene. So that was her response. It's like, yeah, uh, the Republicans have inflation, the economy, the fact that our grocery store shelves are empty, the fact that gas prices are super high, the fact that the borders wide open, the fact that crime is reaching historic highs and there's shootings all over the place. And you know, these corrupt George Soros elected DAs are just allowing criminals out every single day. Like they have that. But we have extreme rhetoric and abortion. So like, we'll be fine because that's what Americans care about. It's abortion, right? It's abortion. Abortion affects everybody. You can't kill your baby. Like, what can you do in this country? This is why the Democrats are panicking. And this is why we're hearing rhetoric like this from uh, White House advisor Keisha Bottoms regarding <laughs> what the Democrats need to focus in on ahead of the 2022 midterms. The rhetoric continues to amp up against their, their political opposition, against the Democrats and the less political opposition. And it's gotten to this extreme to where it's MAGA Republicans essentially destroying the United States of America because the Democrats are the one doing that exact same thing and they have nothing to run on. They have nothing to campaign on because they are not the party of rule of law. They are not the party of freedom, of rights, of truth. Okay, they can't run on truth. They can't tell you the truth because if they tell you the truth, then 
you're not going to be as subservient to them because you're going to realize they're corrupt and they've actually been ruining your life the whole time. Remember how they campaigned on defunding the police and now the police are defunded and crime is at a historic high? I can't remember how many, but it was uh, quite a large amount of some of the biggest cities in the United States that had reached record homicide rates. That was an article that came out either earlier this year. Yeah, I believe it was earlier this year. I can't believe we're already in September, about to go into October. I'm in a time warp. Anyways, this is the rhetoric that the Democrats are now trying to latch onto because they have nothing else. This is what Biden, his administration, and the entire left wing is trying to push now because they're trying to fearmonger the best that they can and phrase all of us as domestic terrorists because they understand that the average American is waking up and the average American has common sense enough to say, okay, I might not be an economist, but I cannot afford food for my family anymore. And gas is very expensive. That's why the rhetoric has reached this extreme. Well, I think it will be important for all of us who care about the United States of America to call out what we see. And what we see, again, with this MAGA Republican agenda is an effort to disrupt our democracy. So whether it be through November and beyond November, I think it will always be important to call out any effort there is to destroy, essentially destroy the United States of America. President Biden has been very clear. He wants to work in a bipartisan effort. He has worked in a bipartisan effort. He's been able to get things done on behalf of our country. But when you have a MAGA Republican agenda that has no respect for the Constitution, that has no respect for free and fair elections, then it is important for all of us, not just the president, not just me, for all of us to call it out for what it is. It is a danger to our democracy. It is a danger to our way of life. So the Democrats have resorted to calling their political opposition domestic terrorists that are trying to ruin America because that's exactly what they're doing. And we all know they have to invert reality. But more importantly, it's because this is their spokesperson. And unfortunately, the entire leader of America. I'm going to play a couple videos for you guys here. I'm sure you've already seen them. They're a little bit of old news, but still important to reiterate who's leading us and why the Democrats are panicking so much. Let's go ahead and start off with um, the the climate change hysteria that hasn't been working very well on the public. Still working effectively enough for Gavin Newsom to even have the audacity to come out and say that he wants to outlaw the sale of new gas vehicles by 2035. And everyone thinks that's a good idea. But listen to Joe Biden, okay? Uh, and keep in mind too, as you listen to this, that the army has recently suggested that soldiers fighting inflation go on food stamps, okay? That's where our service members are at right now. Yeah, inflation's really bad because of our leadership making it that way. Well, it's a good thing that we're going to do this with your taxpayer dollars. Last month, I signed the biggest climate bill in history. The biggest ever. $369 billion to slash emiss emissions by nearly half. This is a whole new chapter for America and, and for the planet. There has to, we have to do a lot more. I pledge $11 billion a year to help poor countries fight climate change. Working with Congress, with your help, we can get this done. 
$11 billion a year, not to the United States, to poor countries to help combat climate change. By the way, if you are a service member who wants to dedicate your life to this country, you're going to have to go on food stamps because inflation rates are so bad and we're not going to help you. But it gets so much worse than Joe Biden pledging $11 billion a month to poor countries uh, on an issue that doesn't really exist. Let's go ahead and um, listen in to Joe Biden when he was confronted by a 60 Minutes reporter regarding inflation rates, by the way, I didn't even pull up this article just to save time here, but this uh, interviewer, I don't know his name here, I probably should, he was criticized by our media for, for being a, a bad reporter because, because of the questions he asked Joe Biden. Listen. Inflation rate month to month was just, uh, 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 just an inch. Hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not, you're, I, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2%. It's, it's been, the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that. But guess what we are? We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. It is just barely. Okay. That's a whole clip. That's a minute long. But it's like how much worse? It gets worse. But it's like, yeah, it's at the highest it's been in 40 years. But also it hasn't moved. Okay? Like, yeah, we reached a new historic 40-year high. But it's steady. It's a steady 40-year high. It hasn't gone higher. It hasn't spiked. Our media was criticizing the interviewer here because they said that he did a bad job in calling out Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, it's at a historic 40-year high, but you're acting like it just went from, you know, it only went from 8.2% to 8.3. Let's keep going. Let's keep, let's keep delving into why the Democrats are freaking out so much that they have to genuinely say that MAGA Republicans are domestic terrorists that are destroying this entire nation. Uh, let's check in on Pedo Joe, who just can't, he, the gaffes just keep on coming. This isn't even a gaff. This is just straight up pedophilia. Let's listen. Think about it. What in God's name do you need an assault weapon for? It's an assault weapon designed to kill people, to defend America, to defend people. But folks, look, it's just, it's just, we're just, it's way out of hand. I've taken on the RNA and I beat them before and I plan on doing it. Okay, wrong clip there, but still relevant. Uh, I love that clip because Joe Biden accidentally talks about why guns are important. Oh, why do you need a gun? Guns just protect people. Ah! Yeah, that's why the Democrats are freaking out right now. Let me see what this, I, I believe this clip is Joe Biden lying about gas prices. But the clip that I was referring to was Joe Biden and I quote saying, you got to say hi to me. We go back a long way. She was 12. I was 30. But anyway, so that was uh, the, the pedo Joe quote that went viral earlier last week. That's the Democrats mascot. That's the Democrats head honcho. That's the Democrats, uh, Savior. That's why they're panicking so much. I would be panicking too. I would be panicking too. And if you think the lies can't get any worse, here's Joe Biden on our current gas prices. And in 41 states, plus the District of Columbia, the average gasoline price is less than $2.99. Less than $2.99. Well, that sounds incredible, doesn't it? Well, I looked up the average. Um, 
the national average of gas when this video first came out and also today. And it was at $3.74 for the national average then. And it's still at $3.74 now. So again, the Democrats are freaking out and they're doing everything they can to invert reality and rewrite the narrative before your very eyes because they that's all they can do. There, there's nothing that they can do at this point to try to save their ass. They know that Joe Biden is a terrible fake leader. He knows that, well, they know that whoever is really in charge has done a horrible job of destroying America. But again, that's all by design. That's a whole nother conversation. Uh, but the American people are not happy with this, right? And we can just speed through a couple more headlines here just to truly cherry on top why Joe Biden is so awful. One year after the U.S. leaves Afghanistan, Taliban-linked terrorist organization runs the nation's airport. Let's not forget how horrible the withdrawal from Kabul was because of Joe Biden and how our service members, we lost 13 of them because of Joe Biden's horrific decisions. From Fox News, Americans have lost $4,200 in income under Biden, wiping out Trump gains. And this comes from the Heritage Foundation. So the average American, okay, maybe not an economist, but they understand the pinch that they're feeling in their wallet. They understand that they're not going to be able to buy as many Christmas presents for their kids this year because they can barely afford to pay their bills and fill up their gas tanks. Even the most ardent Joe Biden supporters are saying, yeah, okay, maybe we made a mistake. Democrats did such a bad job that they accidentally red-pilled and campaigned for Republicans. They campaigned for Republicans better than Republicans campaigned for Republicans at this point. I'm, I'm talking more about like the Chuck, or not Chuck Schumer's, the um, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy's, not like the uh, Carrie Lakes and the Blake Masters, right? Like those are the America First candidates. I wouldn't even call them Republicans because I feel like that would be disrespectful to them. Those are the American First candidates that care about this country and care about saving us, right? But your rhinos, if you look at Democrats right now and what they've done, they have campaigned better and harder for the Republican Party than those people have. It, it's absolutely hilarious to me. Now, going back to the, the topic of crime, getting so out of control in this country that even Jen Psaki has to acknowledge it's an issue. Let's take a peek on what's what's happening here nationwide. From the New York Post, store owner 68 pistol whipped hit with a hammer in sickening 20 minute attack video. And this video is genuinely horrific and just so sad to see. Um, I I do have the photo on screen here of this poor older Asian gentleman who was beaten so brutally that he is now having to learn how to walk again. This is the state of America under Democrat rule. Let's keep going. Madman seen smashing New York City's McDonald's with an axe is released without bail. City kids seeking therapy after unending exposure to vagrants and addicts. And I'm actually going to read into this one for you because I want you to understand how horrific New York City, Democrat-run New York City is. I've gone there myself, and I was horrified because I must have been in this exact area because I witnessed this with my own two eyes, and I was genuinely mortified. I was shocked. I was horrified at the fact that children were playing and laughing and having a grand old time well, half naked, I don't even know what to call them, crackheads were shooting up meth and fentanyl right next to them. Nothing but a small iron gate separating children from this activity. 
So from the New York Post, apparently these children are now having to seek therapy because New York City is getting so horrible. New York City school kids are losing their minds over these honked out drug addicts and raving vagrants they encounter every day and are flocking to therapists to find ways to cope with the stress. In neighborhoods such as Hell's Kitchen, a lot of kids are now in therapy, according to mom Katie Hamill, 43, whose seven-year-old daughter is being treated for anxiety. She's quoted saying, my daughter has seen everything from fornication, masturbation, defecation, urination, you name it. She's seen it consistently and constantly. She is in this constant state of panic, said Hamill who works in real estate. The little girl gets upset when she sees the dying people, the junkies who look dead, whom she thinks no one is helping, the mom said, and she sees far too much vile behavior from adults, including one addict trying to rip out his hair after getting high at West 42nd Street's playground. My kid asked me to move, Himmel said. We have to consider leaving the city. And... This article gets worse and worse the more you read into it. Uh, in late August, police charged Nicholas O'Keefe, 33, a shelter resident with two unprovoked stabbing attacks, including one targeting an ER nurse who was knifed in the back. Uh, major crime in all three precincts that cover Hell's Kitchen are up this year with the surge nearing 60% in Midtown, North and South. Robberies up 57% in Midtown, South and 20% in Midtown, North. 10 murders so far this year in the three precincts. Double the number during the same period in 2021. In Chelsea, Mother's Cindy Sanders, 47, said her daughter uh, attends the city's professional performing arts high school. She's seeing a therapist through a school program for a combination of concerns, including spiraling crime and the sudden proliferation of unhinged hobos. Quote, I think everything after COVID is added to the amount of stress on them. So it's very unclear what exactly is causing the stress and anxiety. Her mom said, no, I'm pretty sure it's the hobo who chased her down the street. Okay. This goes on to say that um, Sanders drives her daughter to to school to keep her safe from the legion of aggressive vagrants, but that doesn't stop them from being harassed. A woman started yelling at us in the car. My daughter was nervous about getting out of the car and crossing the street to go to school. So this is what the kids in New York City are being subjected to every single day. And this is Democrat rule. It's lawless. It's ugly. It's crime-ridden. You have people shooting up in the street. This is a video from Michael Schellenberger. I don't know when he took this video, but he just posted it today. But I want you guys to listen um, to the homeless here, right? I believe this is in San Francisco. He basically goes and asks them, what have you witnessed on the streets of San Francisco and what's your drug of choice? Listen to, this is the, this is America. This is not a third world country. This is on the streets, Nancy Pelosi's district, mind you, of the United States of America. Listen. Broad daylight, I saw someone get raped. I was raped, bullied, picked on, oh. stripped naked. Rob. Uh, somebody gets stabbed. You mean like someone robbed me with a machete today of all my stuff? Yeah, I'm not gonna smoke. Get in the head with crowbars and bats. I saw you get shot in the back of the head. Somebody getting shot? Do they live? No. You will end up getting hurt out here. The other homeless people are like your worst enemy. These people do not play out here. Besides, I have weapons. I have, I have my protections. Okay. What kind of weapons? Bats, hatchets, knives, mace, tasers. And what's your drug of choice, brother? Uh, heroin. Um, crystal meth. Meth and heroin. Crystal meth. Meth? Yeah. I don't know anybody that doesn't smoke. You don't know anybody that doesn't smoke meth? No. We saw a woman who was pregnant just now. Yeah. What is she smoking? Fentanyl. She's smoking fentanyl? Yeah. And she's eight months pregnant? Yeah. So are you seeing more people showing up in psychotic states naked now than, say, yes. two, three years ago? Yes, I think so. Uh, I don't know what they're putting in this stuff. I don't know if it was aliens. I'm not trying to sound crazy. This no, 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 it's fine. Must be um, causing all these... 
So this is an entire two-minute clip, but that's the streets of San Francisco. I have gone there myself. I've spoken to these people by myself. This is every day in San Francisco. When I was there, I went up to a man with a meth pipe, and he was explaining to me what he was doing. It was 2 p.m., and he was explaining to me that this was his bubble and that he used it to smoke meth or various other drugs. That's a Democrat-run cities for you. And sadly, as a society, this has gotten so normalized that recently a Wawa in Philadelphia was being looted and ransacked. And as this is happening, because we have degraded so much that this is normalized now, a woman is ordering a sandwich and is upset that the employee is not making her a sandwich and is instead watching the ransacking taking place. Listen to this short clip. So the video just shows all these people running around ransacking the store and the employee is filming it. And this woman's like, are you going to make me my sandwich? And he's like, oh, it's going to be a little while. But that in itself is a perfect example of how far we've degraded as a society. Here's another video from the situation. Watch new Wawa provided store surveillance video to Philly police who say at least 100 people, mostly juveniles, some as young as 10 years old, shoplifting and ransacking Wawa store on Roosevelt Boulevard and jumping on vehicles parked out front. I've been to Philadelphia. I've covered a riot in Philadelphia. I've seen this happen in Philadelphia with my own two eyes. And that's what it is, guys. Like That's why I like going out on the streets of America. It can't be very blackpilling. But when I report these stories to you, right, of the streets of San Francisco, of a Wawa in Philadelphia being so brutally ransacked and looted, but everybody acting like it's normal and it's just an everyday thing. I've been in these situations and it genuinely is in these areas. I went to New York and I asked the New Yorkers, so is it just normal for your streets to smell like trash and for a naked guy in the corner to jack off while trying to sell you fentanyl at the same time? And they're just like, yeah, that's normal. We don't live in a third world country. Well, I thought that we didn't, but that's what America has degraded into under leftist leadership. It is failed. It is ugly. It is the party of death, destruction, and darkness. And you can see that in every single city that they run. This is not normal behavior. These stores being looted and people acting like, yeah, it's fine. And... On top of the crime, too, we had Kaylor Ellingson, who was 18 years old, who was run over by a man who said that they had a political argument. I don't know if that is still necessarily true. There's been some updates, but people were pointing out that Joe Biden, he made his very aggressive Hitler-esque speech where he targeted his political opposition. He targeted the right wing, not even the right wing, just anybody who has common sense and who cares about their rights and freedoms. He targeted them as terrorists and as a threat to this nation. And now we are seeing innocent Americans being targeted and run over and mowed down every single day. Taylor Ellingson's alleged killer, not under house arrest, no curfew after posting very low bond. Brant 41 was released from jail after posting a $50,000 bond on September 20th after police say he fatally hit Ellington with an SUV during the early morning hours of September 18th following a street dance at a local bar. The incident happened at around 2 a.m. Uh, so <laughs> this is the part here. 
Brent originally fled the scene, but later called 911 and told the operator that he hit Ellingson because he believed the teenager was a part of a Republican extremist group, adding that he had a political argument with Ellingson. Brent also alleged that Ellingson was calling other people to get him. Now, I believe he has since backtracked from this statement and said, uh, okay, actually, we weren't in a political argument because his own parents came out too and said we were not political. But the fact that this man came out let me see. I, I want to make sure. I saw that in this article, but it's since been updated. Uh, but basically, his reasoning for running over an innocent 18-year-old child was that he was he thought he was a part of a Republican extremist group. And the left wing has become so radicalized in this country that they think that that's okay. And do you think that the DOJ is going to investigate this? Do you think that the FBI is going to investigate black supremacy in this country? Do you think that the Biden administration is going to put together a seminar and a conference about black supremacy in this country or left-wing violence in this country or the left-wing domestic terrorism in this country? No, because it's the right wing that has a target on our back because we have the audacity to stand up for truth, freedom, and life because we have the audacity to stand up for our freedoms and rights. So we get killed every single day for it. We get attacked. Do not forget that in 2016 to 2020, there were store owners who were wearing a Make America Great Again hat. I remember there was a Hispanic man. I'll never forget his face. It's seared into my mind because it was that horrific. He got sucker punched because he was wearing a Make America Great Again hat. His eyes were swollen shut. He was a Hispanic man. And I watched this happen myself. And I watched police stand down. As the elderly were attacked and mobbed, as families were attacked and mobbed because they had the audacity to not even wear a Trump hat or fly a Trump flag, but because they were walking back to their hotel from the Million MAGA March in Washington, D.C., holding an American flag. We're at the point, and we've been at the point for a long time, where the American flag is a domestic terrorism symbol in this country. And anybody who waves it, therefore, is guilty by association. We have the targets on our back. And it is because of the rhetoric from the left wing. And it's so funny because they always like to say, oh, words are violence. You can't say this. You can't say that. And then the right wing always capitulates. Meanwhile, they're the ones targeting white men and white Americans and saying that they're less than human. They're subhuman, that they deserve to die, that they don't deserve rights. That anybody who supports Donald Trump is a Nazi, a fascist. That we don't deserve a voice, that we deserve to get kicked out of public spaces that we should be disinvited from civil society. Per the Washington Examiner, Catholic anti-abortion activists arrested at home by SWAT team in front of children, wife says. I want you to understand where we're at. Do you think that the leadership that is currently in office cares about all Americans? cares about the sanctity of this country or what we were founded upon, cares about life, cares about rights or freedoms, cares about safety. They don't care about any of that. Biden's corrupt DOJ is now targeting pro-lifers, weaponizing the DOJ, the FBI, against their political opposition. And that is why the 2022 midterms are so important and why we need to get out and vote the right people in office. Because it's been out of hand for a minute. It's been out of hand since the January 6th political prisoners were put away. Many of them still continue to rot to this day. 
But because we didn't make a stand then, we didn't get angry enough then, and again, lawfully and politically, of course, look at where we're at now. And it gets much worse than that. So again, FBI raids, uh, home of pro-life leader on questionable charges. If you guys would like to look more into this story, apparently it was the Planned Parenthood volunteer who came and was trying to verbally assault and attack and was getting very aggressive with this pastor's son or this pro-life leader's son. And so he pushed back and now he's getting swatted. Per Fox News, elderly pro-life volunteer in Michigan shot after heated conversation, pro-life group says. Do you think that the FBI is going to put that at the forefront? Do you think the DOJ is going to care about that? No, because this woman had the wrong politics, so she deserved to get shot. That's what our leadership genuinely thinks. That's where we're currently at right now. If you have the wrong political opinion, you are public enemy number one, and there's a huge target on your back. It was the red Make America Great Again hat that was like a red cape to a bull, you'd have the left come charging at you like a wild animal trying to murder you and claw at you and attack you. And now we've reached the next stage of that where it's you care about your country, you care about freedom, you care about your God-given rights, you care about having children in the nuclear family. That's the new MAGA hat, if you will. We've degraded that much that our society would rather uplift literal pedophiles and minor attracted persons over the mother and father genuinely trying to raise healthy children. Now, I want to shift focus to Ron DeSantis, one of the most powerful politicians in this country right now. I genuinely feel that. I feel that he's been very strong on his stances, on his viewpoints. He doesn't waver. He utilizes the power that he's given to stand for the people of Florida. It's funny because the left wing tries to say he's a fascist dictator, authoritarian, blah, blah, blah. No, the people of Florida love Ron DeSantis. People in Florida are not fleeing Florida in mass like they are California and New York. They're going to Florida. People from California and New York are going to Florida. Why? Not because Ron DeSantis is an authoritarian, because he utilizes the power that he's been given to stand up for Floridians, to take care of his people. He does not get bullied. He does not bend the knee. He doesn't capitulate to the leftist insanity. He says, okay, Disney. You want to circumvent me and you want to target children with your pedophilia? Get out of my state. Okay, Biden. You want to kick out unvaccinated military members? Well, we need them to prepare our state for this hurricane. So we don't care what you say. We are going to reactivate them. This is Florida activating unvaccinated servicemen and women in response to Hurricane Ian regardless of what the DOD may end up doing. Let's listen. The vaccine mandate does not impact our ability to bring people in on state active duty. So uh, regardless of what DOD may end up doing with those people, which is still undetermined, um, we will be activating all of those people in support of the citizens of Florida. And that's strong leadership in support of the citizens of Florida and governors, mayors and leaders all across America, specifically in Republican strongholds. They need to wake up and they need to start taking Ron DeSantis's lead. They need to stop being fearful of the federal government who is not standing for our nation in any way, shape or form. Why is Carrie Lake one of my most 
favorite candidates. Why am I so excited about Carrie Lake? Because Carrie Lake says, we are going to declare an invasion on day one, and we are going to secure the government, the, the border. We don't care what the federal government says. The federal government, this is a dereliction of duty. This is a complete dereliction of what they should be doing that is protecting the United States of America. So if the federal government refuses to stand for the people of Arizona, then Carrie Lake will stand up and say, okay, if you will call in an invasion, I will, because that's exactly what it is. And that is the type of strong leadership that we need. Maybe Greg Abbott should take a page out of uh, Carrie Lake or Ron DeSantis's book. Now, Floridians are about to face off against Hurricane Ian, and typically when there is a big potential crisis like this, the president of the United States will make calls to, you know, the governor or the leaders of that state to try to make sure that everything's all good and, you know, things are prepared. Per the New York Post, Biden calls for Florida mayors, waits hours to call DeSantis as Hurricane Ian nears shore. President Biden called three Florida mayors Tuesday as Hurricane Ian nears Florida's western coast, hours before reaching out to Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, with whom he has clashed on issues such as COVID-19 policies and migration. As the devastating Category 3 storm approached, Biden first spoke with Tampa Mayor Jane Castor, St. Petersburg Mayor Ken Welsh, and Clearwater Mayor Frank Hibbard. Castor and Welsh are Democrats, while Hibbard is a Republican. The president waited until Tuesday night to phone DeSantis. And again, too... Um, I think I opened with saying that Biden didn't call DeSantis at all, and it's because originally he didn't until he was pressed, until reporters pressed the press secretary as to why Joe Biden called mayors and not the governor. And then he finally was like, okay, I guess I should probably call the governor or whatever. And then he did. So Biden, again, putting petty politics over the lives of American citizens because he does not genuinely care about the American people because he was not elected by the American people. And again, too, just to go over how ridiculous the left is about all of this, uh, Rachel Vindman says we should use they, them pronouns for Hurricane Ian to annoy DeSantis because that's the left wing, right? They're not serious people and they've never truly suffered or been through anything hard in their lives. So that's why they think it's funny to joke about this hurricane that could potentially destroy people's lives, potentially destroy their homes and potentially kill them. Yeah, let's just joke about pronouns because that's our... You know, somebody misgendering us and not using our proper pronouns is literally our Pearl Harbor, okay? It's literally our Vietnam. It's literally our, like, storming the beaches of Normandy. Like, it's our fight, okay? Like, you don't understand. We understand what all of those war vets went through because we go through it every single day when people misgender us. That's the left wing. It's literally the left wing. Like, they're that dramatic. And that's what they think of the fight that they're going through in their own minds because they're mentally ill. So on top of the left wing trying to, uh, you know, bring up pronouns, whether this was a bad joke or not, like that's genuinely the left wing. I wouldn't even venture to say that's a joke. That's just how they genuinely think. From Florida's voice, CNN, climate change is a, to blame for Hurricane Ian's rapid strengthening. Of course, CNN trying to come in hot and tr blame climate change for this. Because climate change is the reason for hurricanes. We never had hurricanes before ever, guys. We never had hurricanes. But then, you know, we started to birth more cows so people could eat more meat. And then the cows farted into the, the environment. And then a gigantic hole was burned into the ozone layer. Like, we don't even have an ozone layer at this point. And if you go outside, you'll just burn to a crisp because climate change. Like, that's genuinely how the left wing acts about it. It's so ridiculous. Pray for the people in Florida and uh, 
shame on our poor leadership for politicizing and our media as well for politicizing a legitimate potential catastrophic climate issue, which is a hurricane which happens all the damn time and has happened historically. Now, the last time I spoke with you guys, we were talking about the uh, migrants in Martha's Vineyard, which quickly got deported the next day. Isn't that so funny how uh, if you bring illegal immigrants to a Democrat's doorstep, they will actually work for the first time in their lives and take care of that issue because they don't want Mexicans on their doorstep. What the hell? Venezuelans? Haitians? Ukrainians, people from Georgia and India, all the people that came in through this open border, you guys have to go to Arizona and Texas. You can't come to Martha's Vineyard. No. Michelle and Barack don't want to see that on their front lawn. That's like a Texas and Arizona thing, right? So remember that it was Greg Abbott that bust illegals to VP Kamala Harris's front doorstep, and then it was Ron DeSantis who sent the only 50 illegal immigrants, right? 50 was a humanitarian crisis for Martha's Vineyard. Granted, thousands of people cross our border every single day, but that's none of my business. Just kidding, it is. DeSantis sent the 50 illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, and of course, the entire left wing was up in arms and saying that he was human smuggling, and he is being sued over flying these migrants to Martha's Vineyard. And the left thing was trying to say that he lied to them and that he said, uh, you know, under false pretenses, he put them on this plane and sent them to Martha's Vineyard. Just so horrific. Like, could you imagine breaking into America illegally and then being flown to the luxury island resort of Martha's Vineyard for free? Horrific. Marco Rubio actually lays it out very perfectly because it's the migrants that are suing, um, and, and, you know, a bunch of other immigration rights groups and whatnot. But, uh, but listen to Marco Rubio basically lay out how ridiculous Ron DeSantis being sued about this is. Listen. In what country in the world are you allowed to enter illegally into a country violating its laws and within a week be in court suing the very government whose laws you've just violated? Well, that's what we hear today that the 48 migrants from Venezuela who violated our laws a week ago and entered the country illegally are now suing. They're now in court, they have a lawyer, and they're suing. This is incredible. No other country in the world would allow that. And the other hypocrisy here is all of these people in the media, in politics, going around saying that we have an obligation to assume this responsibility of caring for millions of people who are coming, have come, or want to come. Who assumes the responsibility? Who's supposed to pay for it? Who's supposed to pay for all this? Because they don't want to pay for it. They don't want it. What they're basically saying is we should allow anyone who comes here illegally to come and to stay and we should assume that responsibility, but only if they stay in Florida, but only if they stay in Texas, not if they come to New York, not if they come to Massachusetts, not if they come to Washington, D.C. They're hypocrites and they're radical leftists who want to destroy this country. That's what. Yes, yes, we're all aware, Marco Rubio. We are all aware. And uh, it's very hilarious that, yeah, like he points out, and I thought it was a great point, what other damn country could you illegally break into that country and then sue said country for violating your rights? Like, bro, you don't you don't even go here. Get out. You want to sue us? Get Go back to your damn country. Go. Deport. Now, the... The issue of immigration is getting so bad that even the left wing is starting to talk about this and people are getting upset about it. This is Charlemagne the God, who yeah, historically very liberal, actually calling out DeSantis, saying he's genius for, for this move. Listen to Charlemagne, who, again, has been very historically liberal, agreeing with what DeSantis is doing. Listen. 
For months, Republican governors have sent busloads of illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities like New York, D.C., and Chicago with the message of, if you like them so much, they're yours, okay? Well, just in time for Hispanic Heritage Month, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis upped the game by sending two plane folds of immigrants to the East Coast elite's favorite vacation island, Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. I personally think it's genius. But I wish that governors like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott would give Democratic governors and mayors more of a heads up, because then that would expose the hypocrisy of the Democrats, which is they don't want immigrants here either. And that's the truth. And for my podcast listeners, he had his little co-host there, and they looked disgusted that Charlemagne had the audacity to tell the truth about how Democrats actually feel about illegals showing up at their doorstep. They don't want them here either. The left demonized Americans who wanted to put Americans first, right? They demonized, demonized us so much and said that we were the bad guys because we thought, hey, maybe we should put the interest of, uh, you know, our own countrymen above the interest of random illegals that are they're coming in here that we are paying for, by the way. Hilarious to look at the, the imagery on the faces of these co-hosts as they look in disgust that Charlemagne had the audacity to tell the truth about how they actually feel. By the way, not everybody in Martha's Vineyard was, uh, you know, such a virtue signaler that they wouldn't tell the truth. Fox News actually did find a resident who said that she loved what Ron DeSantis did. And I love this interview. You guys got to listen to it. Were you surprised at all when Governor Ron DeSantis decided, okay, you know what? Guess what? I'm going to send 50 of the migrants uh, who volunteered to come to this, to come, to come to Boston, to come to Martha's Vineyard. Were you surprised when they arrived? No, I wasn't. And I actually, I really praise him for doing that because it wasn't a stunt. I know the media has been saying it's a stunt, but um, you know, how do you get the attention of, of, of the administration? How do you get the attention of Harris, who's supposed to be in charge of this? Exactly. Exactly. And also going back to the point, too, of uh, how Ron DeSantis was under false pretenses putting these poor illegal immigrants on a luxury flight to Martha's Vineyard from Florida's voice breaking. Uh, they've confirmed that Ron DeSantis's office, the below brochure was given to migrants who were voluntarily flown to Martha's Vineyard. The brochure contains information directly from the Massachusetts government website. And it basically goes on to talk about how. This area is a sanctuary city and all of the assistance and all of the sanctuary perks that they're going to get if they go to Massachusetts. So these brochures were given to the illegal immigrants before they were so viciously flown to Martha's Vineyard. It's such a horrific thing that I can't even say it without cringing. It's so sad that that happened to them. Now, let's actually, on a more serious note, talk about the realities of the border, okay? Uh, from the Epoch Times, Venezuela empties prisons, send criminals to the U.S. border. Venezuela is deliberately releasing prisoners, among them violent criminals, and having them travel to the United States southern border, a development that prompted 14 House Republicans to write to Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. So while uh, we had a Republican in Texas who was leading the effort to have Mayorkas answer questions, he said in the September 22nd letter that the decision by the Maduro regime has put the United States in grave danger. 
They go on to basically talk about how uh, the DHS intelligence report from an unnamed source within U.S. Customs and Border Patrol warned that released prisoners, including those convicted of murder, rape, and extortion, had been seen within migrant caravans traveling from Tapachula, Mexico, to the southern border as recently as July. DHS confirms that Venezuela empties prisons and sends violent criminals to our southern border. But that's not all, guys, on top of Venezuela sending their best and their brightest right on down to our southern border. They're criminals, they're rapists, they're extortionists. Uh, Florida also seized enough fentanyl to kill 1.5 million adults because if you don't get violently murdered by a criminal from a foreign country, then uh, maybe you'll get violently murdered by the uh, drugs that they're bringing over. The Jacksonville Sheriff's Office announced a drug bust. They say it contained enough fentanyl to kill 1.5 million adults. The post was accompanied by a photo of seized drugs with the Sheriff's Office saying it was recognizing the great work of its officer. The narcotics unit seized 3 kilos of fentanyl, 1.26 kilos of cocaine, and over 6,000 counterfeit pills containing fentanyl, enough to kill 1.5 million adults. On top of that, per Bill Malusian, breaking its official for the first time, migrant encounters at the border have surpassed 2 million in one year. CPP reports that there were 203,598 migrant encounters at the border in August, bringing the total for fiscal year 2022 to 2,150,370, and there's still one month left to go. So we are making all of the wrong historical records and, you know, peaks under the Biden administration, but uh, here we are. Also from Bill, Texas DPS stopped 19 illegal immigrants from being smuggled out of McAllen, Texas on an airplane destined for Houston yesterday. A concerned citizen told DPS they saw three unknown cars dropping people off at the airport. DPS grounded the plane, passengers all from Central America. And one more for you guys, just a cherry on top to highlight how bad the border is getting. With Border Patrol and local shelters over capacity, immigration officials in El Paso have released nearly 1,300 migrants onto the streets in the past two weeks. That came out last week, so I'm sure uh, many more have been released since then. But of course, we still have member members of our media like The View's Sunny Hostin. And I don't even want to play her clip here, so I'll just go ahead and read you the quote. She says, that's why it's so interesting to me that there are so many Latinos that vote Republican because they vote against their own self-interest. If you are really interested in these types of issues, then you're a Democrat. Yes, because if you want safety, if you don't want Venezuelan criminals coming across the border, if you don't want fentanyl killing your children, if you don't want criminals running rampant, then you're voting against your own self-interest. We also had the uh, CEO of Salesforce come out with this banger. Basically saying that if you're not for equality or dignity, then we're going to have to exit your city or your state. Listen in. Look, we have to be for equality. We have to be for dignity. We have to be for the equality and dignity of every human being. And if you're not for equality and dignity, then, you know, this is not something that I can work with. And we're going to have to exit your city or your state, just as we have in many places. And show me the equality and the dignity, okay? I'm going to show you an example of the equality and the dignity. Now, I want to preface this clip. Now, this woman alleges that she was raped, and I just want to say that I think that this is an excuse. I don't believe this, to be quite honest with you. I think that this is an example of the mental illness and derangement that we've seen in our society because we have coddled the... My generation, the millennial generation and Gen Z so much that they think that they can act like entitled tantrum children. It's why when you misgender them or you don't use their pronouns, it's a violence to them because they have been so spoiled and so entitled that they think that this type of behavior is okay to get away with. And they are told by people like the CEO of Salesforce that this is equality and dignity. 
And that if you don't agree with all of their insanity, that you are not for equality and dignity. So uh, again, this is the equality and the dignity that the left is trying to say, if you don't accept, we don't, we can't work with you. And we just have to get out of your city or state, to which I would say, good, get out. We're not, we're not living in the same America. We're not the same because your version of equality and dignity and my version of equality and dignity are two vastly different things. Because if you look at the left wing, this is their version of dignity and this is their version of a sane person. Listen in. I can't calm down. I can't be fucking touched. I didn't touch you, man. I was raped not that long ago and I can't stand another man touching me. Well, no one did that. It's okay. I just can't. Is this a prank? He won't go away. He needs to go away. He's the fucking problem. I need to leave? No, just welcome. We'll take you to another I still got, I still got, okay. Let's, let's she threw some of my stuff. Okay. Where is she still? Hell if I know. I'm so sorry. No, you're not. You're not sorry. She wasn't sorry when she cut it off. to the podcast listeners ears. In five, four, three, two. Turn your headphones down now. That's an adult. So again, I genuinely believe that her, I was raped was an excuse because the gentleman filming this video said I didn't even touch her. And you can see too. And, and again, people genuinely who are raped, they don't usually just throw that around as like, as an excuse to act like this. It's a very serious thing. People who are raped, they go and they get help for it or they don't talk about it because it's a very traumatic thing for them. I know people who have been raped. I've spoken with them. They don't act this way. They don't use it as an excuse to then go have a tantrum in the middle of Walmart because they cut people in line and then they got called out for it. Genuinely what this is, is an adult tantrum because she got called out for her behavior and she was so entitled because society has coddled her so much and she's never been called out or disciplined for her behavior that the moment that a real life adult said, hey, get your ass back in line, she couldn't handle it and she had an entire mental breakdown. That is the equality and the dignity of the left wing. That is who they are. And I played that video because I have been to their rallies. I have been to their protests. I've been face to face with them in a debate. And that is how it always ends. It ends with screaming. It ends with violence. And it ends with them having a complete and utter meltdown because they cannot actually take responsibility for any of their actions. They cannot actually argue their own points. And so they always have to resort to having a tantrum or resort to violence. And they always have to resort to blaming their political opposition for being the problem when the actual problem is staring them right in the mirror every single morning. But they refuse to take responsibility, which is why right now the entire Democratic Party is sweating and they are freaking out because they know that they have done a beautiful job of campaigning for the Republican Party. They have done a beautiful job of campaigning for the right wing. And there is nothing that the right wing could have done better than to have sit back and watched the Democrats destroy this country in record time, hike inflation rates up to a historic high, destroy our entire supply chain, and ruin this country. They have campaigned better for Republicans than Republicans ever could campaign for themselves. And they're freaking out. And that is why they're trying to invert reality. And that is why they are afraid 41 days ahead of the midterms. That is why these midterms stand for life or death. Listen to everything that I just said and understand that if we do not vote the right people into office come November, you will be next targeted. 
you have the wrong political views, you have a target on your back. You will not have freedom of speech. You will not have access to your money and your bank. Don't forget what they did to the uh, protesters in Canada. They shut down their bank accounts because they had the audacity to push back against Justin Trudeau. That's what's coming to the United States. It's already here, but it is going to get worse and worse if we do not take back the House, the Senate, everything. Everything. Republicans need to be back in control. They're not perfect either. But until Republicans are back in power, we will not have sanity again. It will be insane people like this woman at Walmart screaming at the top of her lungs because somebody had the audacity to hold her responsible for cutting in line. That's the Democrats right there. That is the Democrats in video form. You call them out and you say, hey, uh, the economy is not looking too good. And they say, no, you're racist. You're, you're a Nazi. You are actually trying to destroy America. And they freak out because they can't actually argue. And that's why we see articles like this from, from Time Magazine. Three threats Christian nationalism poses to the United States. Now, this article basically just talks about the foundations of this country, the nuclear family, and tries to demonize Christianity as a bad thing. When in reality, we have strayed so far from God in this country that we are now sacrificing our children to the altar of death via abortion or to literal pedophiles via drag queen story time or just straight up strippers twerking in front of them at this point. I don't like watching the videos, which is why I didn't pull them in for this show. But I have an entire other show that we could focus another hour in on just transgenderism. And how our children are being targeted with that demonic and horrific mutilation. Understand what's at stake ahead of 2022. Understand that it is our children's lives that are at stake. It is our freedoms. It is our country. It is our free speech. It's our freedom to think for ourselves. We have to be the ones that enact change. Nobody's going to save you. Only you're going to save you. If you think, oh, Sav, I'm just a regular old average person. Well, guess what? One person alone might be boring and average like myself, but two people, all right, maybe, you know, you got a friend there. Three people, all right, we got a nice little trio here. We got a group, four people, five people, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, millions of people standing up against this. We enact change. So wake up, get angry, get active, go be a part of your community. And when November rolls around, you better make damn sure the Democrats know who we want in charge and what we want for this country. Because the Democrats do not speak for the American people. They do not stand for the American people. They are the enemy of the American people. Some of the Republicans as well. But granted, the America First candidates that are on the ballot and are fighting for you need to be in office because until we get the correct people in, we will never enact change. Until we start being active members of our community, until we start looking at our own reflections and understanding how we can make this country better for our fellow man and our community, we will never, ever change. And with that, I am wrapping up this episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope that you feel inspired. I hope you feel ready and activated to take this country back and have your voice 
heard. Please remember, if you do like this show, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are streamed. Please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. I read every single one, and I love your critiques. I love your feedback. Please remember as well, if you would like to support my work, subscribestar.com. Link is down below. You can have direct access to uh, messaging with me, and I also am putting my research on there for you guys so we can all be on the same page about what is happening. Also, big shout-out to our sponsor, oldcountrysoap.com. Use discount code SAF for 20% off. Again, this is a product that I use for myself because I believe in it, because I love American-made products, and I love the owner of this company. I think that he's great, and I think that this product is incredible. I will never sell you a product just for money because I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to make a couple extra bucks. No, every single thing that I sell you and I say to you on this show, I believe and I do, and I use products, mentality, ideology. Take your pick. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for being with me in this fight. Thank you for supporting me always. We have a big announcement coming out this week. I took last week off because guess what? We're hitting it hard, friends. I just got back from Arizona. I'm going to Michigan tomorrow. I'm going to New York this weekend, hopefully. It is going to be nonstop. We have a huge announcement coming out. And uh, I took a little break from traveling, but I'm going to be hitting it hard, friends, because guess what? I got into this because I wanted to be a voice for my fellow Americans, and I wanted to give you guys the platform to speak and to combat the lies that we are being fed and the propaganda that's being shoved down our throats every single day. So I hope to meet you guys on the streets of America one day, and I hope to give you individually a voice. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and this has been another episode of Rapid Fire.